Hi sister, welcome to Women's Collective Consciousness Podcast. I am Riven Febrianti, I am your host for this podcast, also founder of Women's Collective Consciousness, a mother, menstrual cycle coach, and a lover of embodied movement based in Melbourne, Australia. My dharma and my purpose in this world is to empower women to remember and reclaiming their power of the wisdom and magic as a cyclical being through a juicy conversation around women's cycle, health, wellness, and well-being. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge to the tradition custodian of this land where I record this podcast. I pay my respect to the elders past, present, and future. I also like to acknowledge to every woman who is listening to this podcast. And my hopes for every woman who is listening to this podcast is to always remember that you are belonging being a woman in your skin, in your body, in your temple, doesn't matter what stage of life you are in. Today we have Mary. Mary is my dearest, dearest peer from Cycle Coach and she's also a nerd of menstruation and hydration so i am super super thrilled to talk with medi today and i'm going to cover a lot of juicy conversation around elements water and of course women's cycle so let's jump in into our conversation today medi can you jump in and tell to the listener a little bit more about who you are Re, thank you so much for having me. I just had the biggest smile on my face when you were doing your intro because I just love seeing you do your thing and get out there and do the thing for women. And I'm just so honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, yes, my name is Maddie. I met Re in 2022 through Cycle Coach School. Um, and yeah, you know, we both had our own journeys to get to cycle coach school and I had been practicing menstrual cycle awareness for four years before I signed up with cycle coach school. So a lot of self-study, a lot of um, self-development, a lot, a lot, a lot of cycles going back and remembering and recycling and learning things and I'm just so glad to be here today on that journey. So I'm a Pisces, so I'm born in March. Um, so very, oh, are you as well, Ray? <laughs> Those Addies, so that's amazing. Um, so already like the water is in my bones. Um, I'm also a generator in human design. So I can go like an energizer bunny, but only if I really like what I'm doing. Um, so that's why it's been so easy for me to keep up with menstrual cycle awareness. Um, and acts of service are my love language. So re being in service to the women's collective consciousness with this podcast, like I love you so much for that <laughs> So because it's your service. And I think that's why we're all here on this earth to be in service in some way or another, whether that's to women or our partners or our families or whatever it is it just keeps us on track you know it makes us feel like we belong somewhere um so I started tracking my menstrual cycle in 2018 when I came across came across Claire Baker and she was the ultimate period guru and I was like why am I even taking this pill like I don't think I have to, like from what I learned, we only ovulate for like a day. So there's only a week that we can get pregnant. And then once all of this started to snowball for me and 
I just fell in love with menstrual cycle awareness. Um, as I've looked into it more and researched, my interests have broadened as well. So with menstrual cycle awareness being the main um the main piece. Now I also have my interest in water. So I sell water ionizers, promote and sell water ionizers that also give you this beautifully structured living filtered water on tap. Um, I also work two days a week at a medicinal cannabis facility. Um, and I just moved into my van one month ago, almost exactly one month ago. So when the moon is full by Monday, I think, then it will be exactly one month that I've been in the van. So, um, you know, I spent the last couple of years reassessing my life and designing my life so that I can live in accordance with cycles. I can live in accordance with nature's cycles and rhythms, with my cycles and rhythms, with financial cycles, economical cycles. And I feel really passionate about showing women and showing the collective consciousness, you know, that there is another way to live, you know, with cycles. And you don't just have to stay on one cycle, on one wheel, you know. There's so many other ones that we can move to. Yeah, it is so beautiful the way you say it. It's not just mm. one wheel. There is so many wheels. There is so many elements. There is mm-hmm. so many things that's going on. And then it's just so beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like we are, after all, we are living in a cycle after cycle and after cycle. Well, wow. talking about cycle, Mary, let's do some cycle check-in first mm-hmm. here. What day are you on today mm. and how are you feeling? Mm. Thank you for asking, Re. So today I'm on day 26. So really yesterday I totally felt like I was in a dream world. Like the few days before my menstrual cycle, the progesterone just kicks in and I'm just floaty around like I just lazed around all day yesterday. Um, But today I feel a little bit sharper. I knew I had this podcast today, so I was excited to start the day talking about this. I'm a bit more interest in life today, but I'm pretty ready to still keep it chill, still stay really slow. And I feel a lot more reflective this week um, than I have been throughout the month. Um, just that feeling of like having to prepare and also always, almost like there's like a weight on my brain with things that I haven't dealt with yet or things that need attention from me during my bleed um so that's where I'm at today yeah so I'm feeling I'm feeling good and calm but still that like inward spiral is is starting to happen Mm, inward spiral baby you're talking about my language here (laughs) what what day are you on Ray? um I am on my day 16 Mm -hmm. uh so I'm still in my high fives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yesterday, I just went to like intermediate reformer class. And then today, I was like, oh my God, I'm crunchy. I wake up with like sore breasts and shoulders. <laughs> so I was like, I think I took an extra, extra dumbbells yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm still feeling energetically, I'm feeling really sharp and great. Um, I feel like, um, I've 
just finished my ovulation so i just already done a couple of days ago so now my energy is stuck like all right how do i take care of myself to go back mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. this decreasing energy so mm-hmm. yeah i feel still pretty good but it's more like i just want to chill a bit so not to not doing too much and no more extra dumbbell for me <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, and Betty, what phase are you in in your womanhood? By the way, so I chose one that's out of the traditional four phases that we talk about. So we always talk about the maiden, the mother, the crone. Wait, I missed one. The maiden, the mother, the wild woman, and crone. But I feel like there's ones in between them, you know, like the transitions, Mm -hmm. like what Addie talks about a lot is the transition phases between different archetypes or different cycle phases. So I feel like right now I'm between the maiden and the mother. Mm -hmm. Like even though if you look at the ages, I would be in the mother archetype. I don't feel like a mother. I feel like a lover. I feel like a lover of things right now. So a lover of like my life, my friends, my family, my relationships, my passions, my jobs, like myself. I'm really having to put a lot of love and devotion into myself and my life right now. And um, it doesn't feel like that mothering energy. Like it doesn't feel like a desire to really like look after. It feels more like giving love and I know Mm. that it's a really subtle difference between those two but it's like less responsibility of the mother you know and more Mm. just like fun and joy of the lover yeah well in the last two podcasts I got um interview with Hannah you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. uh so I I was talking about with Hannah in the edge around before just before you hit 30 Mm -hmm. my tarot teacher which is he's, he's also an uh, astrologist so before you turning 30 and then before you turning okay I think 45 um there is a sudden return in astrology so yeah, exactly that's where you are and me um this is when the time of that transition right just before you entering the mother phase mm-hmm. even though you are already in a mother phase like if you see that age after 25, but you still got this transition of the another cycle. It's like we mentioned earlier, there is a cycle upon cycle upon cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And then also when I was speaking with um, Gemma on a, our last podcast, Gemma is having, she's in the mother phase, but you know, like, um, yeah, it's just doesn't feel right when you haven't got, child or you know like or any when I'm saying child it can be a human child or a business child or things mm-hmm. like that right but maybe you feel more like I'm using this new archetype it's a mm. queen face mm. so you know like it, it, when you're thinking about a queen maybe the queen does not have a kid but you know how many birthing project that the queen is giving it into her people you know because she's really this nurturing energy and she's also the lover the lover of a king you know like Mm -hmm. he doesn't you know like she's just just her presence there next to the king 
it's already big and huge. Mm. And then for her to be that queen, she have to nurturing her things, her people, and then her project, and then lots mm-hmm. of things also. As a lover, is supporting the king to mm-hmm. do what need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that, Rhea. I got so many goosebumps when you were saying how just the Queen's presence can change things and alter things. And I think that's so true. You know, we have such a presence in our life and we're the dictator of our life and our life will flow the way we flow. So if we are coming at it with that like mature Queen energy, that's the Queen of her her kingdom, well, I mean, the queen of her queendom <laughs> sitting next to her king, then like that um, almost like togetherness and, you know, like you said, that nurturing, it's like it's so strong, right? It's such a strong phase um, when you claim queendom over your life. I think it's a big, it's a responsibility that's different to the mother responsibility. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about reclaiming, mm-hmm. let's move on. How's your journey here to reclaiming mm-hmm. your cycle wisdom? Mm-hmm. Is there any challenge or obstacle mm-hmm. during along the way? Mm-hmm. And then what is practice or tools that you use to get more connected into your cycle? Yeah. So when I was reading this question and I was thinking, I was like, man, my cycle journey has just been so very cyclic, so very cyclic. Like I have thought that I've worked through things and then they come back the next cycle and we go around again and we try and work out, you know, what is it here um, that's happening? And I think that's the beauty of our menstrual cycles is that we have a chance to try and do it again, even if We've already tried it. Like that's the challenge and that's the beauty, I think, of menstrual cycle awareness is knowing that um, is knowing that even if we try and, for example, like fix a cycle symptom like period pain and it doesn't work the one cycle, we can try again the next cycle and the next cycle until we finally figure out where it is, where we need the attention or where we're going wrong um we always have another chance and that is what is so beautiful when you take on this cyclic way of viewing the world rather than the linear it's like you don't just have one chance at life you know you have so many especially month to month especially if you believe in reincarnation um so my challenges that come back for me almost every month are period pain which has been my biggest motivator for menstrual cycle awareness because I don't want that debilitating pain, you know, that this that message that I'm not hearing clear enough, you know, my body's trying to tell me something with this pain and it's just about really being able to tune in and understand and listen to what it's saying and I don't hear it right every month, you know, try something and it doesn't work and then I try again the next month. Um, it's definitely gotten a lot better and a lot more manageable since I've been tracking. As I, as I advance through my menstrual tracking, the you know the first things that you look at are those really annoying physical symptoms, right? The period pain, the bad skin, the PMS, 
Um, but then as I advanced through, I found my challenges becoming more emotional challenges and emotional blockages and things that I had forgotten about my past that I hadn't looked at. And then they come up for me in a menstrual cycle. And when I have learned so many different perspectives and ways of looking at things now, and then I can look at it and go, oh, this could be the answer to this that came up three cycles ago. Um I've worked through like so much masculine wounding and feminine wounding when I started learning about the energetic qualities of each phase of our menstrual cycle and how I can use the more like yin phases to do emotional work and my more yang phases to do my like real life work, like business things and things like that. And when I learned how to harness those, like that was a challenge. But now that I have, it's just it's so rewarding being able to um, plan my months that way. It's not a challenge for me anymore. You know, it's it's just life. But it was also a challenge to educate the people around me, you know, my family and my friends and um, partners. But once, you know, I explained how important it is and how special it is and how exciting it is to my family and my boyfriends and, like, they're on board and they're with me. Um, but another, like, probably the biggest challenge has been standing up to GPs and standing up to people who <laughs> literally and just standing up to people who are like, oh, periods, ooh, like, why do I want to talk about those? Like, and especially women, like, breaking that stigma with women has been harder than it is for men because I find women, like, men are just like, oh, periods, I just like, that's girl stuff, I don't talk about it, but, like, if I talk about it to them, they're pretty open to going like, yeah, that's really important, you know. But for women, I've found like when I started doing menstrual cycle awareness and I was working with a, a lot of older women who were 50 plus um, and I would talk about it a little bit, I'd be like, oh, you know, like I feel shit, I have my period and they'd sort of like, they'd close up a little bit and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, like that time of the month, like you'll be okay, dear, and like pat my head and I'm like, yeah, I know I'll be okay, but, like, can we talk about this? Like, don't you have some wisdom for me or, like, you know, some tools that I can use? Like, you're the crone. You're the wild woman. You're meant to be teaching me this stuff. And they just didn't know, right, because that age group really had their sexual education just non-existent, right, and that's sexual and menstrual education. And then that is sad. And then, you know, like, I mean, it's sad in that kind of way, but also I guess now that we are living in this new world, we can change things around. And then just by talking, it's already huge to the turning mm-hmm. over of the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, when you ask what tools did I use, like to get used to, you know, to learn menstrual tracking, well, I actually started posting about it. On social media that was one of my favorite and still is one of my favorite ways to spread menstrual cycle awareness is just by sharing my own experience and then I have like a video diary of like all of my periods through 2020 because all I was doing in COVID was recording myself talking about my period because I had nothing else to do so I have nearly a whole year of a video diary that I can refer back to um and that's when 
when I started sharing my experiences, then other women would message me and be like, oh my God, I feel this too. Or like, thank you so much for sharing. And just raising the awareness that way has been such a powerful tool for me and in spreading the awareness of it to the collective. Um, And now like there's so many period Instagrams now, like we all have one, like they're just, they're so special. They're so, and it just, to be able to openly share about it and have the confidence to do that and get rid of the stigma, like that is a powerful tool and we can only lead by example. And the more of us that do that and are open about it, then that will get other women more connected to their cycle too. Totally, totally. It's so great. And then I mm-hmm. think that's important to, you know, like normalize this, mm-hmm. you know, right? Um, I know since I changed my Instagram, the way I share things on Insta, and then it was like I have few people is unfollowing me just because, hi, Ray, I'm very, very uncomfortable that you are talking mm-hmm. about your period. And then so... That's when I start deciding to making my second Instagram for, you know, like work related, you know, like just movement related. And then, you know, like there is, it's it's important also to notice, you know, like it's still so much women out there. It's just don't have that awareness, even that we now having you know like more and more conversation about period it's more and more instagram handle talking about period and woman's hormone and, and all these things just remember there is still more women's out there is not comfortable to talk about this because they thinking this is like a taboo conversation or you know there is some stigma around there uh on experience and then sometimes we're just gonna honor it right like that's mm-hmm. that's their experience and then when they're ready to get into the next level to applying different approach and then reclaiming their own magic we can just welcome them with open arms and open heart exactly and that's all we'll do you know if you're listening and you're not sure if you want to share or if you don't feel comfortable like we are holding this space so open for you sister like all you have to do is reach out to Ree or me or anyone else you've heard on Ree's podcast and just express like just be like okay I'm day two today and like I just I don't know what to do and we'll be like okay sister welcome like welcome to the circus <laughs> exactly exactly all right Mandy let's move on from here I know that you are obsessed with boom water content but just for today episode in this say Mm-hmm. I'm very curious. Can you share a little bit about the water element and then mm-hmm. how these elements play a role for us women? But hang on. Mm-hmm. Just before we touch base into the four elements, um, if sister Eeyore is not familiar with the water elements, there is mm-hmm. we have four elements. This is like the mind elements. We got our water, fire, earth, and uh, air. But in Maha, uh, in five Mahabhuta in yoga, they got space. Mm-hmm. And then if you are seeing in the Chinese medicine, they also got the metal and the wood. Mm-hmm. So it's just depending where you see it. But mm-hmm. the four mind elements is just that water, earth, uh, fire, and 
air and then for today we're gonna touch uh about the water element with maddie so maddie all right let's jump in <laughs> what is water element and then how is that connected with oh my gosh you guys i love water so much i think that it is such a healing and powerful element so re i'm so glad that you wanted to talk about this today because we all have so much water inside of us. Um, we are 70 to 80% water, but also molecularly we're 99% water. So we have more water in us than like any other element. And I think this is really important to remember, especially when we think about um, like TCM, traditional Chinese medicine and each element being attributed to um, like an ener- an energetic principle. So you have um, water and earth being the feminine elements and air and fire being the fire elements um, and being the masculine en- elements. So when we think about water, like water is so delicate. And it's so sensitive and it reacts to frequencies and it reacts to emotions. It reacts to changes in temperature. Um, we drink H2O, but when the water is inside of us, it changes the molecular structure and becomes H3O. So it actually has an extra hydrogen element. And what happens is it changes the structure to make it like a honeycomb. So like lots of little hexagons all together make this really beautiful um, layered water structure within us um, called easy water. And that's a topic for another time, Um, but you can have a look at my Instagram page if you want to know more. So we drink the water, we drink H2O, and it becomes chemically altered in our body so that our body can use it a bit better. Um, Water can also be emotionally altered in our body. And so you might have heard that our body stores trauma. A lot of our traumas are stored in our fascial network. And Rhea, I know that you're going to know all about the fascia from your studies. But if you don't know what fascia is, it's very similar to muscle, but it's like it's the connective tissue between the muscles. So they actually didn't know what fascia was until they started um, researching posthumous bodies a little bit differently. So when someone dies, um, it's a little bit morbid, but all of their bodily fluids get drained. And so this would happen and all of the water in the fascia would drain and the medical examiners didn't even know that it was there because it was so tiny. It's so like um, it's all over our body and they just for some reason like they didn't see it. Like I don't know how, but <laughs> so <laughs> they missed it. Yeah. So if you guys thinking about fascia, you want to thinking about orange, right? So mm. our skin is the outside of the orange, the outside mm. of the layers. And then when you're thinking about that muscle and tendons and bone and the ligament, you're thinking about more into that uh, fruit of the orange inside. The fascia is, you know, that look like a spider web inside of 
the orange itself that is wrapping around the skin, also wrapping around that um, your uh, fruit. And then if you peel that orange, they got the cell and the um, all the stuff, you know, like your chemical stuff uh, inside of that. So really the fascia is wrapping around that muscle fascia and uh, tendons and ligaments and then all that stuff just before the skin. So that's just mm-hmm. a quick analogy for mm-hmm. what is fascia if you're not familiar with it. That is perfect, Ray. I love that analogy. I don't know why I've never heard of it before, but it's so spot on because, yeah, inside of the orange is that beautiful structure that is um, like sacred geometry, right? It's just so beautiful. And so that's what's in our bodies. And in this fascial network, there is water, like I said. And so when we talk about our body storing emotions and our body holding on to things, it's being held on in the water, in our fascia. And that's why um, practices like yin yoga can be so powerful for releasing those trapped and stored emotions from our hips. Um, Really, when I do yin yoga, most of the ones I do are hips because that's where it's all stored. And I notice like that's what the practitioners lean towards. And um, yeah, so this is crucial knowledge to know. So let's just do a recap. So we're 99% molecularly structured, like water. Water stores the emotions that we feel and keeps them in our bodies. And this is so important for women to know, especially because water is also affected by the lunar cycle and the the tides are affected by the lunar cycle. So when you think about how our emotions fluctuate throughout the month, you can think like, wow, so I have stored emotions inside me, in my fascial network, in my waters, and some like the moon changes throughout the month and that will pull on the waters inside of me and pull different emotions out to the surface or push deeper emotions in. And um, I think that's so magical to know that our emotional waters can be affected by our environment. So all this to say, (laughs) leaning into the element of water for women to help with their emotions and shadows and any wounded masculine traits that they might have can be really powerful because water is the healer. Water heals. When you have burns, what do you do? You put cold water on them straight away. What about if you like sprain your ankle or something, you put ice on it straight away to cool it down. Um, And when we work with water, she can soothe all of those sore parts of us. And water is such a feminine element. So when, um, you know, if we are really struggling with, um, you know, being rigid and having a lot of structure and not being able to flow within different phases of our life, this can be a wounded masculine element. So when we lean into the feminine element of water, that heals the wounded masculine. And because what what is water? It it's so flowy. It can change its form. It has four different um. I don't know the word. 
four different modes that it can be in, just like we have four different phases of the menstrual cycle. Mm. There's also four different phases of the water cycle as well. And so I can speak on those in a little bit, but, you know, water flows, women flows, and when we can lean into, you know, be like water, we can just really learn to flow with our life and our emotions so much better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then also for you guys thinking about, um you so embryo how do you say embryo 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 yeah is you thinking about you as an embryo and the womb of your mom Mm. you are surrounded by water right because this this is the thing with the water energy it's it's just bring that sign of sensitivity highly intuitive you know like and Mm. just deep deep connection mm-hmm. either either that is mean from you and your mother or you and the moon or it's it's that element of emotion that is really the mind things of water and then I think you know like we can talk about the water for ages because we are Pisces yeah um, <laughs> you know like but also by saying it what happened when you don't have enough water during the die? You feel you feel really really dehydrated, and then mm-hmm. you feel like maybe depleted, and then if you kind of like pinching your um, hands, right, you can tell just from your skin that your skin is really craving of water. So it's also, of course, important to acknowledge there is like we mentioned there is like another three different element, you know, the fire, but really the fire is living in your core, and then the mm-hmm. fire is one. It's not going to be, you know, like flames. The flames is not going to be moving if there is no water. So if you're thinking about, let's just imagine there is a pot of water, right, Mm -hmm. in the the top of the stove. You do need that fire to bubble the water up to heat the water. And then the water is need to heat up to do things that you want to need to do, right? That's why you need to drink lots of water while you're doing exercising, right? Mm-hmm. And because, again, and then if Mary was mentioned about the yin, you know, like when you're doing like a yin yoga, the fascia is really, really just, you know, moving. So if you're thinking about the fascia, again, we want to think about that elastic bend we do need to stretch our body, our fascia, to get deeper into the pose of a yin yoga. But also, if you don't have enough water in the storage of your fascia, how can you stretch it, right? Exactly. When we get dehydrated, like, we can't move. Like, you know how, I'm sure listeners, like, you have been hungover and drunk, like, and then the day you wake up, the day after, and you're like, oh, my God, my body hurts. Like, I can't move. I feel crunchy. That is dehydration. Like, that is your fascia going, like, help me. (laughs) I can't. Like, hydrate me, please. Um, That is what your fascia is saying to you. Um, so cute I have one more fun thing that I wanted to um, speak on so when I was deep in my water studies last year when we were doing cycle coach I was doing water and and periods at the same time and I came up with a menstrual cycle framework based on the water cycle 
because there are four main phases of the water cycle and there's four main phases of the menstrual cycle. So it was like, well, we are water, like wombs and water come together. Like like you said, when we're in the embryo, we are water beings right from the get-go. So surely for all of my water babes out there, there would be a framework that we can use to really connect us into the water. So I did some looking into it and I would love to share those phases with you. So the four phases of the water cycle are precipitation, which is when it rains. Then there is collection when the water um, is collected in a lake, for example, or like a bowl if you're catching moon, if you're catching rainwater, like think of a rainwater tank, it's being collected in the rainwater tank. Then the third phase is evaporation which is when the sun heats up the water like from the ground and it all evaporates back up into the sky, like when it gets really hot after a storm. And then the fourth phase is condensation. And so this is when the water is now forming back into a cloud in the sky and condensating or, um, you know, you, you would have seen it on a cold drink bottle that's left out in the sun. It starts to condensate on the outside of the water bottle. Well, if you look at the menstrual cycle, they link like this. So menstruation is linked to precipitation because when you bleed, your blood falls from your womb. So it precipitates from the sky, right? The sky is in quotation marks. <laughs> um, for collection, I feel like collection is, the, is a pre-ovulatory phase because this is when your energy is starting to build. It's starting to collect in your womb and get ready for ovulation. So that's when the energy rises and our cup starts to feel a bit more full. Like if you think about collection being water collected in the rainwater tank, for pre-ovulation, it's almost like all of your energy is being collected in your egg ready to release into the womb. So then the next phase is evaporation and ovulation. And I really like this because when you when the water evaporates from the ground, it sort of becomes like steamy, right? It gets a bit steamy and that's what happens at ovulation. Like our energy has all collected and now we have that ovulatory fire inside of us as well. And so we want to be steamy, want to get steamy and make love and we feel a little bit spicy and um we use up the energy right ovulation like is that really energetic phase where we're using up the energy and that really reminds me of evaporation because by the end of ovulation we are done we have nothing left in the tank we have evaporated all of our energy it's all gone and so then the last phase is condensation and premenstrual phase and I feel like at our premenstrual phase, everything from the last cycle really starts to condensate in our womb. So now that our energy has been evaporated, whatever's left or whatever needs to be released is all condensating and getting ready to fall in that precipitatory phase of menstruation. Um, and so condensation is like things start to get a little bit cloudy. <clears throat> um, our emotions start to get really watery and so that's like all of our watery emotions being collected in this big cloud in our womb ready to um, precipitate and fall fall down again 
and I just really love it can you know it's you got to wrap your head around it a little bit but I just really love that analogy of and I think of just yeah water and wombs and periods and water all being together and I just love it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, I love it. I, look, I was like mind blowing just when you yeah. saw that because I guess when you're thinking about it, it's like the flavor, the liquid, the solid and beyond, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is just so crazy, maybe. I mean, like, mm. wow, wow, mm, wow. It's amazing. <laughs> mm, mm, oh my gosh. Uh, thank you for sharing with us and is there any tips for the listener who's just started their journey to get more connected into this element um, especially into the water mm-hmm. element what you mm-hmm. know like what there's there is any tools or any mm-hmm. anything that you like to share mm-hmm. so I think the thing to remember here when we're doing menstrual cycle tracking is our body will tell us what it wants we just have to learn how to listen and learn the language that it uses so what does it want? Are you cold? Work with fire. Are you hot? Work with air. Like get outside in the fresh air. Are you, do you need some grounding? Like do you feel like you're all scattered and you want to be solid? Go and lie on the earth. And if you need, if you feel like you need healing, then work with water. You know, like your body is going to tell you exactly what it needs. Um, I think it's just about having that deep communion with your body and really taking the time to just sit in stillness or journal and be like, body, what do you want? And then just literally the first thing that comes up, the, literally the first thing, even if it's like food, whatever, like write that down because there's going to be something in there that your body is telling you, like maybe you need to change up your nutrition or et cetera. So I would say listen to your body's language and then reciprocate with getting out in nature to the element that your body wants would be how to get in tune with them. Um, But also I would recommend looking into your body's hormonal clock because it runs on a solar cycle and a lunar cycle. So there's a lot of talk out there about men being in the solar cycle and women being on the lunar cycle and this is true but women actually also run their hormones on a solar cycle as well because we have daily hormones as well as monthly so that's what I would do to get really connected to the the elements and my cycles is to work with all of the cycles in nature Oh, that is the best tips. Thank mm. you for sharing. Mm-hmm. And before we jump out from here, what is the three things that you are grateful for being a woman? Mm. Honestly, I was not able to say that I love being a woman until I did cycle coach. So 2022, I was 27 years old. The first time I was able to say that I loved being a woman. And I... Like that was a huge moment for me because I was just in so much of my wounded masculine for so much of my life. Um, But now I'm just so grateful for the wisdom that comes when women are fully connected to our womb. Like we have this like, we just have this knowing wisdom, even 
even if it seems fickle, even if, you know, it doesn't seem like wisdom to you, just knowing how to read your body is a wisdom. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so grateful for the thread of sisterhood that comes with being a woman and sharing our collective experiences, like learning about the red thread and then feeling it and experiencing it through Cycle Coach and out after Cycle Coach and all of us women still being connected that way has been so powerful for me in healing so much of my feminine wounding. And I'm so grateful to know that I'm not hysterical or crazy. And I have four different women who live inside me that want to be expressed in all different ways throughout the whole month. And I can express them anytime I want. If I want to be like a little bit childish, I can because it's my maiden. If I want to be a little bit raunchy, I can because it's the lover and the mother and It's just so freeing to know that I don't have to be one way. There's no, I don't have to be linear and have one style for the rest of my life. You know, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Oh, my God. That was so juicy. And then I'm just loving in the background when you said, I'm not crazy. And I was like, yes, you are not, baby. (laughs) Okay. Uh, well, this is it, Maddie. We are at the end of our conversation. And uh, thank you so much for sharing all the wisdom that you got for our listener. And mm. if the listener would like to find you, where is the best way to connect you? Mm. So I'm mainly on Instagram. I am menstruation and hydration, all lowercase, all one word, all rhyming, so you can remember it. Um, and any links there are on my website. I have a Substack blog and podcast as well that you can have a look at. Um, and on my website is all of my offerings and programs as well. So you, everything is linked from my Instagram. That is the number one place that you can find me. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes. And then mm. thank you again for today. Really, like I said, I'm so honored to be here. You're an amazing human and I'm just so proud to know you and to know that you're working to change and heal the women's collective consciousness is just amazing. So thank you, beautiful. Sister, thank you for joining us for powerful podcast episode. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at Women's Collective Consciousness for the update of our next event, Women's Circle Workshop and gathering based in Melbourne, Australia. I also have a free gift for you to start your menstrual cycle journey. Check out our website www.womanscollectiveconsciousness.com to reclaim free guide how to cycle chart. If you enjoy to listen to this podcast, please share it with other women in your life. And I always learning, thriving and evolving. So don't forget to leave a review and feedback. Thank you, beautiful.